Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. If you would please stand for the reign of God's Word if you're able to. Acts chapter 1. Begin reading verse 1. It says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by the infallible proofs being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, saith he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? He said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went into the upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon Zeltus, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and was and with his brethren. Look with me back in verse 11. It says, which also said, these were the angels speaking to them, you men of Galilee, and notice what they said. Why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Why Stand Ye Gazing? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for loveness. Thank you for the mercies of God. Lord, I thank you for the forgiveness of sins. I thank you, Lord, for your, your wonderful power and the strength, Lord, that you give us to live the Christian life. I thank you, Lord, for the blessings in our homes and our lives. I thank you for the church and the Word of God, and I thank you for salvation. Lord, you're an awesome God, a wonderful God. There is none like unto thee. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd be glorified. And Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts for you and be, that you would be magnified. Lord, give us something tonight, Lord, that will help us. And Lord, stir our hearts, though uh, many things that we say are not new, but just good reminders of where we should be spiritually. Thank you for loving us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. It's hard to imagine what, it was, what was going through the minds of those standing there as Jesus Christ went into heaven, ascended up into heaven. I can imagine that even after Jesus was completely out of sight, that they stood there just looking up and maybe wondering if he might appear again. 
And just, just you begin to think about, but the two angels appear unto them and, and shake them by, into reality by asking them why they're standing there gazing up into the sky. It'd be like this. Uh, uh, you two guys, come here a minute. They would, you know, they, they was talking to Jesus, and as, as he was speaking to them, all of a sudden he began to rise, and, and, and he's, he's rising, okay. And, and they just kept their eyes on him, and they watched, and the Bible says that, that a cloud received him, and, and apparently they just stood there looking at that cloud for a, 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 quite a, a while and a little period of time, maybe thinking that maybe he's going to come back out of that cloud, maybe he's going to appear again. But they stood there just staring. Gazing is what the Bible says. The two angels had to shake them up a little bit and said, why stand you here gazing up into heaven? I can think of, I can imagine in, in, the, in the reality, in their minds, uh, they, they were in awe as they watched him go. I would. I would. But they had to be shaken back into reality because they were just standing there looking up into the sky. And you, we, several years ago... <laughs> We used to do what they call, we called it a Polaroid panic. You know, you have, you have a, a different type of, we had different type of youth activities. And back then you didn't have the cell phones where you got the digital pictures. We, but we had those instant Polaroids where you could uh, take a picture and, and boy, you'd have it. And then they'd come back and we would have, they had so many points for getting all these pictures. And so one of the things, they had a sheet, they had to go out and do it. And, and one of it was to go down to Walmart and stand in front of Walmart when people were coming out, looking up into the sky and pointing. And somebody would take the picture, and if they could get other people that was coming out of Walmart doing the same thing with them, they got extra points for every person that was involved. And so we'd get these pictures back, and there might be five or six people out of Walmart going, and I can just imagine while they were standing there, somebody's taking a picture and they're pointing up like, yeah, that's coming out, coming out, looking at it. <laughs> Trying to figure out what was going on. You know, I just imagine that in their minds they was thinking, will he come back? And in their mind they was looking and with hopes that they'd get another glimpse of him. But they were standing. They weren't moving. They was gazing up into the, into the sky. Look at that verse there. It says, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? You know, many Christians in our day have become gazers, onlookers, sightseers. What do you mean? When you go on a trip a lot of times, you become a gazer. You become a, a sightseer. You become a onlooker. You're not really involved in all the things as you drive by and look. Maybe you're going to the Grand Canyon. You're not involved in, in doing anything with that Grand Canyon. You don't work there. You're looking at everything going on, and you may stand there at the edge of the Grand And I've never been there. You may you say, why didn't you go? It's just a big hole in the ground. And, and, and you just... Uh, uh, and you stand there and, and you look out across that canyon and yes, you're in awe as you look at it, people say, and, and you stand there and you watch and you just look. And you stare at it. And you look at it. And you gaze at it. You're a sightseer. You're looking on. You're gazing. You get back in your car. You go on down the road. You find something else. You get out and you look at it. 
and you stare at it. You get back in your car and you go on down the road. You see some strange event or something going on. You, you stop and you get out and you look at it and you gaze at it, but you're not involved in it and you go down the road. That's sightseeing. That's gazing. You're an onlooker. You see maybe uh, an accident in uh, some place and you see people out and the traffic stopped and, and they're over there and they're trying to get people out of a vehicle and, and, and many people will stand back and they, they're afraid to get involved and they stand back and they're, they're an onlooker. They're looking at what's taking place. They're not helping getting the, doing anything with the accident, but they're standing there and they're watching. Uh, we have uh, today, in, in this day and time, we got a lot of people that are, are TikTokers or whatever they are. They're, I mean, the first thing they do, it doesn't matter what's happening, how bad it is. Boy, pull out that thing and put the, the camera on and they're, they're filming it. They're not involved in it. They're still an onlooker. They're still a sightseer. They're still a gazer. The sad part is today that many Christians are sightseers. Gazers, onlookers. We go to church and we're a sightseer. We're a gazer. We're an onlooker at what's going on in the service. The need today is to be more than a gazer, more than an onlooker, more than a sightseer in the church. James chapter 1, verses 22 down through 25 says, but he says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He's, he's looking. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way straightway, forgetting what manner of man he was. Otherwise, there might have been a blemish there. He looks in the mirror, but he don't do anything about it. He just sees it, and he goes his way. He says, but also looketh into the... He, he goes on and says, forget what man he was, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth in therein, he being not a forgetful here, but notice, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. More than just looking, more than just gazing, more than just uh, uh, being a sightseer in the Christian life. The Lord didn't save you to just and leave you here just to sit and gaze. Amen, preacher. That's good preaching. Amen. Somebody's got to do something. We come and we sit and we gaze. We come and we sit. Oh, we hear, but we're onlookers. You can go to the Niagara Falls and you can gaze at it and you can hear that water rolling off over that. But you're nothing more than a sightseer. You're nothing more than an onlooker. You're just gazing at it. There needs to be an action put to our Christian life. There, there's a work to do. There's a Savior to share. There's a, a mighty God to exalt and to worship. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Created into those good works, that we're to do those good works, not just look at the good works. We're not just to look at the work of God. We're not just to gaze upon the work of God. We're not just to sit back and say, boy, I, I, man, it's good to see people getting saved. It's good to see, uh, boy, it's, it's good to watch uh, uh, so-and-so go forward. Boy, it's good to see somebody come to church. Boy, it's good to see those things. Yeah, it is. But we should be more than a sightseer. We should be more than a gazer. We should be more than an onlooker. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And that means that you're getting involved in that. There's so much we need to be doing instead of just gazing and, and complaining about things. You know, it's easy to just look at something and complain. It's easy to look at something and just gripe about it. It's easy just to just throw a little hissy fit because it don't, it's not getting done or somebody needs to do this or whatever. But we may just be a gazer. Some of us, we're old enough, we'll become geezers. That's even worse if you become a geezer, that's a gazer. <laughs> Why'd you say that for, preacher? I don't know it came by, you grab it. At my age, you grab everything that comes by, Amen. The fact is, is that at all ages we should be more than just an onlooker. Our gaze or our look or our sightseeing needs to be turned to a motivating vision. A motivating vision. When I was years ago, when I was a in high school, I I actually I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> Just think me working on your brain. <laughs> no, I did. I wanted to go. I wanted to be a surgeon. My dad was a paramedic, and so I trained and got on the ambulance and got my EMT license and. Worked on the ambulance. And once I did that, there was, there was never a time, and even really to this day, when I see someone injured or sees an accident, that I can't stand there and just look at it. I can't just stand there and gaze upon it unless there's restrictions that keep forbids me from doing it. And there are. Sometimes you can't because of certain situations or because that you've got somebody that, that's, you know, they're taking care of it and then you don't get in their way you don't, and, and so forth. But I got to a place where I've seen that I, that I could not, I see somebody get hurt. And even to this day, even as a bus driver, I've been on field trips with kids and they got teachers and stuff and they get a bloody nose or whatever. And I step over and, and, and start trying to work on them, get that stopped and a few things and, and a few things that we was trained to do that you could stop the a nosebleed and different things of that nature. And sometimes when people get hurt and work with them, because that's just, I don't want to be, a, I don't want to be a, an observer. But even more important than that, 
Listen, I don't want to just be an observer. I don't want to just be a gazer. I just don't want to be a onlooker. I don't want to be a sightseer when it comes to the work of God. Uh, and we need to, we need to realize that, that, hey, listen, our gazing needs to be turned into a motivating vision. We, I would see those things and it motivated me to do something for that person. The psalmist said, where there's no vision, the people perish. And sitting in this auditorium, listen, all around us in this community, all around us in this state, all around us in this nation, all around us in this world are people who need Jesus Christ as their Savior. There are people who are saved that need to be brought back to, to Jesus Christ also, need to be, come back and get back in fellowship with the Lord. There's people who are hurting that need somebody to encourage them and build them up. There's people who are drifting away that need to be, that need to be encouraged to come back up. With the Lord, the people are dying and dropping off into a devil's hell. And, and there needs to be someone that's not just standing there watching them drop off and not doing nothing. But we need to be more than a gazer. We need to be involved in reaching them. It ought to stir our hearts when you think about people dying without Christ. The vision should come. It should motivate us when we see those things. I mean, could you honestly watch a... A child walking out across a street and you're standing there watching a car come and do nothing? Well, there's children and there's adults that are walking off into a lake of fire without Christ. And oh, how our gaze should be changed to a vision. Those angels looked at him and said, why are you, notice the wording, standing here gazing up into heaven. He didn't say, why are you gazing up into heaven? He said, why are you what? Standing. Why do you stand? You know why? He's saying there's something that these they're saying, man, there's some things you gotta get, you gotta get moving. You can't just stand. You ought to be motivated and stirred. Let your heart be stirred by what you see, the, the need of souls being saved, the need of revival in the hearts and the lives of, of God's people, the need of restoring the wayward and the fallen Christian. We've got this meeting scheduled with, with Brother Luke Bishop. And, and boy, I tell you what, when you look around us and you see Christians who are faltering and struggling, and you look in our own lives and it ought to motivate us. And when we see those things, it ought to motivate us. When we see the, the shape that our government's in, when we see the shape that our country's in, when we see the shape that the church is in, when we see the shape that all these things are happening around the world and, and we see the war over in Ukraine and, and the talk of uh, in, in uh, Taiwan and, and talks about a, a third war. war and and, and on goes the list of things. Boy, there ought to be a stirring in our hearts saying, hey, listen, I see these things happening and I need to do something about it. I need revival. I need to serve God. With what you see, how's your heart moved to action for the glory of God? We need to turn our gazing into grasping. Turn our gazing into grasping. What I mean by that is we look, it ought to stir our hearts that what you see stir you to grasp or to take a hold of God. To take a hold of God. 
just like that little child I said that would step out into a street in front of a car, you want to grab them and take a hold of them to save them. But what I'm saying is we need to take a hold of God for the need that we're in today. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. There needs to be a searching in our hearts and lives today to take a hold of God. That's why we, use, that's why we have an altar call to search and to seek after God. He said, when you seek after me with all your heart, he said, you're going to find me. But how many times are we, we, we stand there gazing up from our seats and, and we don't go and we, to take a hold of him. We need to turn the looks and yeah, and we're saying, yeah, God, we need revival, but we need revival. Okay, well then step up and do something about it in your own life. Take a hold of God. Jeremiah 33 says, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. Take a hold of God. Take a hold of God for revival. Grasp him and, and take a hold of, of the Lord for others that they might be saved. You know of lost people. I know of lost people. We meet people on a daily basis. Take a hold of him for lost people. Take a hold of him for revivals, I said. Take a hold of him. Grasp him. Take a hold of him for, for our nation again. Don't just gaze upon the need. Grasp. Take a hold of the Lord for the need. Sightseers won't accomplish anything for God. You hear me? Sightseers don't accomplish anything for God. We can look on and we can look on and we can criticize and we can do what we want to do, but my friend, it's going to take a person that's more than a gazer, that's a sightseer. Grasp and take a hold of the promises of God's Word. We read it. Do more than just look upon it. Do more than just gaze. Oh, yeah, that's a good promise. And just look at it. Take a hold of it. Grasp it. Grasp it with your heart. Grasp it with your mind. Grasp it with prayer. Grasp it in, in your daily walk. Take the, the promises of God's Word and into your heart and life. Don't stand there and just look at it and gaze at it. So many times we look at the Word of God and say, oh, that's good. But my friend, we don't take a hold of it. Grasp and take a hold of it to carry you through and to help others. Grasp the power of God. When's the last time, Christian, listen to me. When's the last time you asked God to empower you to live for Him, to serve Him, to be a witness for Him? When's the last time you asked Him for His power? You see, most of the time, Christians are living in their own power, their own strength. Can I tell you, that's good, but it's not good enough. We need, the, we need the, the Holy Spirit of God to empower us and to strengthen us and to live for the Lord. We need to grasp the hold of God. We need to grasp the hold of the presence of God in our services. Well, I'll tell you what, when we come to those services, into the services on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and even on Wednesday night, man, we are, and in the revival service, kind of, we ought to be coming in, taking hold of God, God I, want, I want to see you do something. I want to take a hold of God and, and say, God, hey, I want to see you do something in the service this morning. I want you to bring in some lost folks, save some lost folks, encourage Christians, and, and bring the wayward back. And boy, do something today, Lord, in my heart and the hearts of others. Instead of just coming in, finding our usual seat, Clean our glasses off so that we can see real good. Maybe put on the sunglasses so the glare from the preacher's head doesn't blind us. 
And we sit there and we look. And we look. And we look. And we get up and we walk out just like we came in. If we would grasp and take a hold of God in those services, during those songs, say, oh, God, stir my heart. During the preaching, God, do something in my life and the life of others. That invitation comes, come and take a hold of God. We need to quit gazing and start grasping the Lord. And then we need to be going instead of gazing. Going with the gospel. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It was almost, stand back up here, Blake. It's almost like the, the, those angels was, they was looking up, looking up in the sky and the angels were saying, come on, you gotta get going. While you're standing here gazing up, you gotta get going. You gotta get going. There's souls that's gotta be saved. You gotta go. And I believe every, every time that the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart and mind, it may be at work, it may be at the store, it may be at the gas station, it may be in your, in your house, it may be when you're on your bed asleep and He wakes you up and He said, I want you to go. I want you to tell others about me. I want you to share the gospel. Go into all the world. He said, there's souls that need to be saved. There's lives that need to be changed. There's people that need to be brought back to me. He tells us there in Matthew 16, he says, He said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, give the gospel to everyone. Go! And so many times we go to Walmart or we go someplace and we just look. God brings people by us. We should be reaching in our pocket and giving them a gospel track. Or saying, hey, let me invite you to church. Getting the gospel out. We become gazers, onlookers, sightseers among men. Oh, we need to go. Luke chapter 14, verse 23 says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go, ye out, into, uh, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Far too often we're waiting for someone else to take the gospel to those that we're gazing upon or for someone else to do the work at getting them to church. We need instead to just, uh, uh, instead of just gazing upon the need, we need to go. Then we need to grow instead of continuing to gaze upon the growth of others. You know, a lot of times we see others that are excited about God and, and boy, you watch them and you look at them and say, man, boy, good to see them get, getting stirred up. Good to see them on fire for God. But what about you? Are you growing? Are you just gazing? How much good would it do me? I've got a Y membership. I go to Y. I go over there where they got the machines, and you see some guy over there, man, he's a going on that treadmill, and I mean, he's got her cranked up and he's going. I say, yeah. Almost wears me out watching him. 
After a while, I go over and watch them do them stepper things on that thing. My knees are starting to hurt already. Good job. I go over here and I see these guys over and they got the barbells and man, they're lifting those weights and man, they're on the bench press and they're pushing, button, pushing that thing up and down and boy, they're just... I go home. Hey, honey, I went to the Y today. <laughs> Some people's going to get hurt. You better be glad I got control of these things. And she says, Did you work out? Do Yeah, You know those stepper? <clears throat> yeah. You know that treadmill? Yeah. You know those weight machines? Bench press? Yeah. You did all that? No, but I watched them. <laughs> Not going to help me a bit. Not going to help me a bit. We got to grow. 2 Peter 3 and verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. It's not just enough for us to watch Him grow. It's not just enough to watch her grow. We need to grow ourselves. Instead of just gazing upon those that are growing in the Lord, it ought to challenge us to gaze, or to, to grow in the Lord also. Get into the Word of God. Get on your knees. Listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Grow for the honor and glory of the Lord that you might be used of God. It's going to require you to stretch yourself. It's going to require you to step out in some areas that you've never been before. It's going to require you to get in some uncomfortable situations. Like one of these days, we're going to have you young men preaching some. No amen. <clears throat> Too late to move your church membership. <clears throat> hey, why preacher? Instead of just sitting watching, they need to grow. Need to grow. You'll find that you're growing and God's using you. You're not just sitting back and gazing at others walk with God. You'll be walking with God. Instead of just watching. We need to give glory to God instead of just gazing. Psalmist said in Psalms 29, 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So often I see people afraid to say amen. Can I tell you what amen means? So be it. But, 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 people be watching me. 
Well, if it's that hard for you, just start out with a little. Amen. You men. I'll say amen. Some, it, it's, it's hilarious sometimes. I'll be sitting here and they'll be singing a song or whatever. It's good. And I just have to go like this and look back out and somebody's all like, <laughs> you look like you just got twisted up in a rope. I just can't wait to get to heaven to watch some of you. They're going to have to put you in Hallelujah 101 to get you to praise the Lord. You see, we ought to be worshiping Him, not just gazing on others, getting the blessing, praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Praise and worship is not just confined, by the way, to church. It should be an everyday, everywhere, anytime part of our lives. Do you know why it's hard for you to praise the Lord here or give a testimony here or raise a hand here or clap your hand once in a while or say amen? Because you don't do it anyplace else. We'll say it again. The reason it's hard for you to do it here, I would almost, I'm not a betting man. Don't think I'd be right. That's what my wife does on horses. No, she doesn't either. <laughs> but I'd almost be willing to say that you probably don't even do it at home by yourself. Preacher, you quit preaching and start meddling. That's what I get paid to do. <laughs> if you can't worship the Lord and praise the Lord here and say amen here among brothers and sisters in Christ, where can you do it? And this world needs to see us bragging on the Lord and praising the Lord and give it and, and, and just just magnifying Him even at Walmart, the gas station, on a broke down along the side of the road. I'm not talking about put on. I'm talking about honesty from your heart. The devil doesn't like it when you praise the Lord. The devil doesn't like it when you get excited about God. The devil doesn't like it when you give a testimony. The devil doesn't like it when you say amen. The devil doesn't like it when we quit gazing and we start glorifying the Lord. God's been good to you and me. Don't just gaze upon His goodness. Give Him glory. It's your choice. You can gaze or you can grasp and take a hold of God. You can gaze at the lost or you can go with the gospel. You can gaze or you can grow and be used of the Lord. You can gaze at the goodness of God or you can give Him glory.
for his goodness. Why stand ye here gazing up into heaven? And they went on and said, the same one, the same Lord you seen go up into heaven. In like manner, he's coming back. He's coming back. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Help us not to be gazers, onlookers, sightseers. But help us, Lord, to do the will, the work for the honor and glory of God. Help us to grow. Help us to take the gospel. Help us to glorify you. Help us, Lord, not to be gazers, but help us to be the workers for the Lord. Have your will and way, I pray in Jesus' name.